This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. If you're a regular listener, I want to thank you so much for listening, and welcome back. But if this is your first time to the podcast, welcome. We appreciate having you. Please subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. This particular episode is episode 74, entitled, What Can We Learn About God and Jesus from Epistolary Greetings? Part 1. Again, if this is your first time, the Biblical Unitarian Podcast is the podcast that has its aim, which is to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Dustin Smith. As always, I am your host. We've been spending a lot of time discussing the Son of God passages in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I think we've pretty much covered that subject and we've beat it to death. And so I wanted to kind of move to something a little bit lighter. I wanted to move to the epistles of the New Testament, the letters, the correspondences from the writers to the recipients, and I wanted to study the introductions of those letters to see what can we learn about what early Christians believed about God and Jesus. For those that are interested in a fuller study on the structure of New Testament epistles, or they'd like to do some research on their own as to how they were written and their relationship to other Hellenistic letters, I would encourage them to consult a couple of works. The Dictionary of Paul and His Letters has an article on letter and letter forms. And I also highly recommend the work by Stanley Stowers called Letter Writing in Greco-Roman Antiquity. Both of those resources were used to help my research for this particular episode. The letters in the New Testament are Hellenistic letters meaning that they were written in Greek and they operated in a culture of letter writing where certain literary conventions were common. Stanley Stowers, in the book that I noted earlier, Letter Writing in Greco-Roman Antiquity, notes that scholars are now in possession of over 9,000 letters written by Christians from antiquity. So we have an abundance of data that can be used to compare the New Testament epistles with the wider writing conventions. Of course, scholars have also uncovered thousands of non-Christian letters from antiquity, but for the purpose of our study, we are interested in the part of the letter in the New Testament known as the introductory thanksgiving slash blessing. Again, we are looking at the introductory thanksgiving slash blessing within our New Testament epistles. Now, the personal letters within the Hellenistic world often began by thanking the gods for the benefits that the writer and the recipients have received from them. This is what would be described within that introductory thanksgiving and blessing. It will become clear when we start looking at the letters within the Pauline tradition that Paul has adopted this particular literary convention, but he has also modified it 
based on his Christian understanding of what God has done in the world by raising Jesus from the dead and exalting him to the status of Lord to God's right hand. So let's look at the letters from Romans to Colossians, just kind of moving through the New Testament canon, not necessarily in the order that they were written in history, but in the order that we have them within our Protestant Bibles, to see how Paul adopted and modified this conventional literary means of offering thanks and blessing in light of his own Christian worldview. So this will be the first of a few episodes where we look at the epistolary introductions to see what they can tell us about what early Christians thought and believed about God and Jesus Christ. So let's begin. We'll start with Romans. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 7, Paul writes, To all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's Romans chapter 1 and verse 7. So when we look at this introduction, we can observe quite a few things. First of all, when one compares this introduction to other non-Christian Hellenistic letters from antiquity, we can see that the typical offering of grace has been expanded by Paul to grace and peace. In other words, the wishing of peace to Paul's recipients was a distinctly Christian modification of the traditional Hellenistic literary conventions of an epistle's opening. Non-Christian letters would just give a greeting of grace, grace to the recipients from the writer. But we can see is that Paul has now expanded that within his Christian worldview of grace and peace. So that's an interesting Christian development. There is something about the peace that warranted Paul's change into this epistolary introduction based on the resurrection and exaltation of Jesus. Jesus has ushered in this new era of peace based on his exaltation to God's right hand. This is almost certainly due to Jesus bringing the peace into the lives of those who are in Christ and those who are citizens of the kingdom of God based specifically on his resurrection and exaltation. Furthermore, the introductory thanksgiving slash blessing in Romans chapter 1 and verse 7 comes from two persons. It comes from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now how this would have been understood in the letter to the Romans by those recipients, those that are in Rome, would have been heard as seeing that there is one God, and this one God is defined here as the Father. God here is not defined as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What we actually see is that God is defined specifically as the Father, and there is another person, someone distinct from God, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this title, Lord, is something that was formally given widely to the Emperor of Rome, Caesar. But now we're seeing Paul giving this title to Jesus, the risen and exalted Lord. Jesus is certainly exalted to a high status, but he is still distinct from God, namely distinct from God the Father. 
Well, we can also observe from this greeting, from this epistolary introduction, is that the Holy Spirit is nowhere mentioned. The Holy Spirit does not seem to be a distinct person from God, or from Jesus Christ for that matter, that is offering any sort of greetings to the believers. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This seems to be almost exactly what we read in Romans 1 and verse 7. And this is going to be a common way that Paul introduces his letters. So don't be surprised if you get tired of hearing Paul's greeting of grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. But to be thorough in our study, let's look at it anyway. Again, we see that Paul has expanded the typical introductory greeting, which formerly was just the offering of grace to the recipients, to grace and peace. And the grace and peace comes from, again, two persons, not three persons. Those two persons are God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, the Holy Spirit is nowhere present. The Holy Spirit is not offering any sort of greetings in the epistolary introductions to the letter of 1 Corinthians as we have it. We move on to 2 Corinthians. We get a little bit more information. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 2-3 through 3 says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That much has been seen in Romans and 1 Corinthians. But Paul continues in his blessing in verse 3 by saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. That's 2 Corinthians 1, verses 2 through 3. So there we have the traditional introduction that Paul has given in a variety of his letters. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we see that the peace has been added to the typical introduction. We also see that the greeting comes from two persons. And those two persons are God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. But Paul has some additional information that's here. He tells us that God the Father is the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we can see here that even though Jesus Christ has been exalted to the status of the exalted Lord, and he's exalted to God's right hand, God still remains the God of our Lord Jesus, and that God is the Father of our Lord Jesus. So Jesus Christ, in his exalted status, is still subordinate to God. God the Father is the God of Jesus, so Jesus still has a God. And there's no indication that the exaltation of Jesus has moved Jesus into the being of God to the point to where God is now more than one person. No, God still remains a single person, God the Father, and that God is the God of Jesus. That God is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. 2 Corinthians 1.3 So it's very interesting for our study. And of course, there is no mention of the Holy Spirit. Moving on to Galatians. Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4 says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, that seems to be 
the repetitive refrain that we see from Paul. We also see in verse 4 that Paul says, who, and this is referring back to the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. That's Galatians 1, verses 3 through 4. Again, we have the traditional introduction by Paul. Grace to you and peace, peace being the expanded greeting. We have the greeting from two persons, not three persons. Those two persons are God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, again, there is distinct from God. We also see something about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one who gave himself for our sins. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one that gave himself up and died completely on behalf of the sins of Paul and the Galatians in order that he might rescue us from the present evil age. And this is according to the desire, the will, and the plan of our God and Father. Again, we see that our God is someone who is distinct from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one that died, the one that gave himself up for our sins. But of course, according to the will of God our Father, Christ has been raised from the dead and exalted to God's right hand. Again, it should go without saying, there are no greetings from the Holy Spirit here at all. Moving on to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. We can see grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. A verbatim repeating of the greeting that we see in the other Pauline letters. But of course, verse 3 continues by saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. That's Ephesians chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. So again, just like we've seen, the expanding of the greeting to add peace. It is grace and peace from two persons, not three persons, God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is again distinct from God. But we also see that the understanding of God and Jesus Christ is further explained and defined for us because God is described as the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Jesus has been exalted to God's right hand, but Jesus still has a God, and that God is God the Father. Jesus remains subordinate to God the Father. God is the God of Jesus, and God is the Father of Jesus. Jesus has not been adopted into the being of God, despite his high level of exaltation. I think this is why Paul can expand his introductions by saying grace and peace. There's this peace that is now understood in the lives of those that are in Christ Jesus because God has exalted Jesus to his right hand. Jesus now has this universal lordship, and those Christians are citizens of God's kingdom. Christ is ruling he is reigning until he puts all his enemies under his feet. That's what we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And this helps us to understand the relationship of God and Christ and why Paul presumably would expand the traditional greeting that was grace only to now grace and peace. Moving on to Philippians. Philippians chapter 1 
and verse 2. We can see again the traditional Pauline introduction, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Much of the same. It's verbatim from what we've seen over and over. Grace to you and peace. We have two persons, God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is distinct from God. The Holy Spirit is nowhere to be found. And God still remains a single person, namely God our Father. And the last letter we'll look at today is the letter to the Colossians, which I do think was written by Paul. Colossians chapter 1, verses 2 through 3, says, To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Then it goes on in verse 3. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Colossians chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. So there we get something a little bit different. We see a different ordering of the introduction. We also see grace to you and peace from God our Father, period. We don't see Jesus introduced there. Now, I don't think we should make much of this because it's clear that Jesus Christ is mentioned in the very next verse where the giving of thanks is present. Again, in verse 3, we observe that Paul says, We give thanks to God. And then Paul goes on to describe who that God is. That God is, quote, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, end quote. Okay, so he's giving thanks to God. God is the Father of Jesus. Jesus here is the exalted Lord, the one exalted to God's right hand. But Jesus, nevertheless, still has a God, still has a Father, still has someone that is ranked above him. Jesus is subordinate to this father and God is the father of Jesus so we can still see the subordination there and of course the Holy Spirit nowhere to be found so in conclusion to our basic study here we have observed that examining the seven of the New Testament Hellenistic epistles within the Pauline tradition we noted that the traditional greeting of grace which was common in the non-Christian literary conventions, was expanded to grace and peace. We also noted that the introductory blessings were offered by God the Father and by Jesus Christ. It was always these two persons offering the blessings in the Pauline letters, even if we include the expanded moving down into verse 3 of Colossians chapter 1. The word God was always, without exception, attached to the Father. The word God was never once attached to Jesus. In fact, sometimes the relationship between God and Jesus was more clearly defined by indicating that the Father was the God and Father of Jesus, meaning Jesus has a God. And that God was God the Father. So despite Jesus' exalted status, Jesus is still subordinate to God, and Jesus still has a God above him, that God being the God and Father of Jesus. Jesus was not adopted into the person of God, and Jesus was never spoken of as God the Son in these introductory greetings. Jesus always remained distinct from God. Lastly, the Holy Spirit never once 
offered greetings to the churches. The spirit was not seen as a distinct person who could offer greetings alongside God and Jesus. There is no evidence whatsoever that early Christians understood God as a tripersonal trinity in these epistolary introductions. Instead, God remained a single person, the Father. And that Father was the Father of the risen Lord Jesus, being the God of Jesus. Based thus far in our study of the epistolary introductions, the understanding of God and Christ seems to fit better into a biblical Unitarian paradigm with a high human Christology rather than a Trinitarian paradigm. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please feel free to share this podcast with your friends and family. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on iTunes or on the Apple Store. And if you enjoy the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, please consider supporting us with a small donation. You can check out this episode's description for a PayPal link, and you can also find the PayPal link on the attached Google document. Thanks again so much for listening to us. Again, my name is Dustin Smith. Until next time, you folks take care.